0: Oh no, let's not use that. That's gross. So gross.
1: Maybe that'll be the bump. Oh no, let's not use that.
0: That's so gross. <laughs> that's the that's perfect, perfect
1: bump. <laughs> hey, it's Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Well, welcome back for another Hang in the Laboratory. Woo. Thanks for joining us. And special thanks, as always, to our supporters on Anchor now, I guess. Although you don't need to know that it's Anchor. Like, it's not like Patreon, where we were asking people to, like, here's a platform you need to understand. Uh, thank you to our, our backers on that platform. Uh, if you'd like to help us keep this thing going, you can go to support.zengineeringpodcast.com or just follow the support link in the description to uh, throw us as little as a buck a month to uh, help keep stuff going. And we for sure appreciate the people that have made the switch from Patreon and the people that throw us buck here or there. If you are on Patreon, please do what I just said and hop over to the new place because we are not... Patreon's charging mechanism is based on when we put things on the platform. And so you might notice you haven't been charged in the last couple of months. It's because we are not doing the thing that triggers that anymore. So no more Patreon. I feel, like this is our, I feel like this is our first solo episode, like without a guest since we made that switch, should we sort of explain what's going on with that Just quickly? Nah, I think you did it. We moved. So okay. if you want to give us money, you do it somewhere else. It's pretty cool. Yeah. We switched platforms. <laughs> it's just way easier. Follow the link, put in your credit card info and the charge is monthly now instead of, Per episode, which actually makes it cheaper for the people that want to just do a dollar it's a little easier and to thank handle. you thank you to all of those all of those folks so what's up man what are we what are we talking about oh baby we kinda we're kinda doing like spring cleaning, but in the fall here, <laughs> fall conclusions is what yeah. they call it <laughs> <laughs> we were we were just uh, basically doing admin stuff and we were like don't, don't we have a bunch of series that we kind of started and we were like we're gonna do four parts on blah 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 and they did two of them and kind of never got back to linger, it linger linger yeah we have a bunch of those which is kind of for fun. lack of stoke so much as like guests started popping up saying i'd like to be on the podcast and we went okay let's do it and then you know it's like rabbit holes a rabbit hole and then totally it's a good, five Wikipedia entries away from where you started. It's a good good balance to get back
0: to uh, just us rambling about things that we uh, we have been studying.
1: That we are excited about, and we hope everyone else is excited about as well. Everyone's definitely excited about this week's thanks for, topic. Thanks for coming along for that journey. Well, the cool thing about this week's topic is that like there's still just stuff happening all the time, and it's really cool. Uh, it just it's it's just not in the same it's like we grew we have grown up through it being a this is terrible i'm backing out <laughs> deject <laughs> eject. what is this week's topic there you go <laughs> i was like the lead has been buried too far <laughs> too far we <we've laughs> lost him <them. laughs> <laughs> trajectory's been lost. Uh, planets Part Three, yay! Planets Part Three, yay! Planets Part Three, or on the, the Solar System Part Three? I don't ones? remember what we were calling it. I don't think we even titled the episodes for this one. I don't remember, but I know where uh, we are roughly in the Solar System. Yeah. So first, I feel like we need to start with a recap. What have we covered so far? Uh, the first, the first. We'll put links to all of these episodes in the show notes in case you are, are that kind of person you want to get caught up. Before you listen to this one, I think it'll stand on its own, though. Uh, the first one, we didn't even get off the Earth. We just talked about why we explore, why we care so much. Is that true? Uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, I was just trying and... to think what the first two were, and now I can't think of it. So I think yeah, the right... first one was just the Earth and the Moon. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get past. We, we really, when we sat down to do that episode, we were like, we're going to do the solar system. Yeah. All in one episode. And in an hour and a half, we had only <laughs> covered the Earth and the moon.
0: We hadn't even left our little, our little place in it. Episode 31 on planets, why we
1: explore and what we know. That was a while ago. There we go. That was a long time think, ago. Yeah, and then I don't think we then called the second one on planets On the either. solar
0: system is the second one.
1: Okay, there you go. Part two. So on the sprawled. next one, we talked about the sun. We talked about like what the solar system is. Uh, and then we talked about the rocky planets. Rovers and rocky right. planets. The third one, we talked about the rocky planets. This is the third one. This is the third one. Okay. <laughs> so that one we we introduced what the solar system is and we talked about the rocky planets. So that's everything from the sun uh up to Mars. The right? little the little ones. The ones that yeah. we kinda hang out in um, and peek at. So the, the other ones. The uh the name of that. Podcast, though, kind of gets us into the next piece that I always want to cover when we do these, which is how do we know all the stuff that we are going to end up talking about? In the case of, here's the composition of the atmosphere of Saturn. Like, I I haven't been there. I don't know this. Right. So, and I don't mean like how I know, because I know because you looked it up and you know (laughs) because you looked it up on Wikipedia. I mean, like, why does the person who put it on Wikipedia know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We, uh, We
0: know, I mean, honestly, we know, I think we've discussed this in the other two episodes, but it's an interesting one to kind of recap. We know the things that we believe about the universe by looking at stuff. And then based on what it looks like, we play with something that we think is similar here on Earth. And then we make conjectures about the rest of the universe. With our planets, the ones we've talked about so far, the rocky planets, they're pretty they're reasonably close to us and so we've sent a lot of satellites a lot of probes out to them to explore and so we're able to see some stuff right i mean a lot of people are familiar with the idea of we have little little robots on mars cruising around like drilling into rocks and looking at stuff uh we've sent things into atmospheres we've landed on on venus and i don't think we've landed on mercury but maybe we have Uh, but these outer planets where we're going today are very different they're much further away they take a lot longer to get to, and we haven't sent as much stuff out there. Uh, we've, we've we've sent a fair number of probes, we've got great pictures, we've got a lot of information. Um, but uh, they're different, we know less, right? So, more of what we know is based on, on scientific conjecture. Uh, so it gets interesting further away from where we live. Uh, things get a little more mysterious, it's more of an adventure. It's,
1: it's funny that you use the term, uh, we see stuff. Because uh, part of what we've have talked about in previous episodes, but should recap cap here is like we there are ways to do this stuff just by analyzing what we can see when we look in the sky, mm-hmm. right? By putting it by pointing it, you can point a telescope at Jupiter, and by watching it, its behavior as it crosses in front of the sun, you can. Tells certain things about its atmosphere because of what happens to the yeah. light, right? So it's a spectroscopy is what they call it, which is light does different things when it passes through different gases. And you can use that light readout to uh, understand the composition of a thing, but only to a point. And so at a point, you got to get closer and then basically do the same thing. Yeah, we do a lot. of <laughs> And then you get closer you basically do the we've same thing. We've got all thing. these different ways to
0: use the advanced science, the advanced like understanding of our universe that we've come up with to probe things and touch things and look at things. And on some level, it's all physical, or on some level, it's all metaphysical, depending on how you look at it. But... Uh, <clears throat> We we can measure all kinds of stuff, right? We can look at the compositions, the chemical compositions based on light going through the planets and light coming off of the planets. And we can look at electromagnetic components of the planets. Do they have magnetic fields like the earth, the thing that creates the aurora borealis and protects the planet from the, from particles coming from the sun? what how do things orbit these planets? How do they behave? What structure do they look like based on on what their moons do and chemical composition of other things near them and then theories about how the solar system formed. It's it's so interesting. It's this dance of like guesses and and probing and looking and comparing and exploration and it's beautiful.
1: <laughs> and it's easy to envision what I was saying in terms of light passing through a gas and then you know getting wobbled around and so you know what's going on. But you have to consider that light is just a radiation. And so you can also you can also take an X-ray up there and like X-ray the rocks and see what's going on inside of them. And you can use all these other ways of, of looking at that stuff. And some of it, you just have to be closer. And so we get to the part of the rovers and rocky planets, right? With the rocky planets and Mars, like we've literally landed golf carts there with X-rays on them. That are gonna like pick up a rock and go. <laughs> oh, hey, here's what's going we on found in this rock. Leg bone. and the, this <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Man, if I'll we found it. A, leg what bone? Was a human femur, <laughs> we found it on Mars. It'd be amazing. Oh no, that'd be so weird. Oh, uh, that'd be so that that would so. That that would change everything we think we it would know about everything. everything. <laughs> think what it would do to our current political environment. Would it be worse or would it be better? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I know. Because like what would that what uh anyway, not a rabbit hole to chase on this one. So so that's the rocky planets and kind of how we poke at that stuff. And then you were saying, like, you can you can we can create a vacuum back here so we can also verify things like oh, if you have a ball of gas in space, you know, and and you want to say, Well, is it hydrogen? Well, we can take a tank, suck out all the air, all the everything, fill it with hydrogen, run a light through it, and then go, Oh yeah, that did the same thing. Okay, so we think that <laughs> planet's made of hydrogen. That's the best we got right now. Um, anyway, so that's how we know what we know. So we did the Earth, we did the Moon, we did the Sun. We did the the uh, essentially the boring, rocky planets that are so close to the, the Sun that everything ones. boils off. We talked about Mars. Yeah, none of this is boring. Uh, so the, the the other interesting piece, I think, and it's kind of what I was alluding to before, is like there's still literally news about this stuff every week like there's still there are probes launched in the 70s for which you can go to a website and just see a running readout of the data they're still sending back to us it's real it's kind of boring right now because they made it out of the solar system and so they're just going away from us so it's kind of like okay they're this far away now how much uh extraplanetary
0: exploration is going on at all times um primarily by nasa i think the the majority of of exploration uh, has been guided by the united states i believe but there are a lot of global cooperation to, to to do this stuff and even as a uber nerd who loves this stuff and follows as many probes and satellites and rocket launches as i can tolerate in a day uh, I still barely know what's going on, right? We've got active missions to, uh, I think, every planet right now. The Every planet, the sun, asteroids, just so much. There's so many stuff. things being studied, and there's so much information coming back.
1: It's not that you don't know what's going on because you, oh, the I data's mean, not good enough. It's more like there's so much I can't track, so the data I can't track can't all the space of all of
0: exploration it. news because there's right. so much happening, uh,
1: which is amazing. So just in the last couple months... We launched, a, it's called the Parker Solar Probe, right? Which is one that's essentially on an, on a path orbiting the sun where it's gonna creep increasingly closer to the sun than we have ever been and give us back data <laughs> until it melts. It just
0: swoops in. It's interesting, it's on this path, <laughs> I'm looking at the website right now where it it's a highly elliptical path. So it it stays, it like loops in really, really close to the sun and then swoops back out and comes almost all the way back to earth. Uh, and then swoops back in again. And I suspect it'll be fast. It's only, it only launched 90. I love the real time on NASA's websites. Uh, it only launched like 100 days ago. So it's there and it's just going to be looping now.
1: By real time, you mean you're, you're. I'm not looking at it, but you're probably looking at a thing that says 100 days, 22 <laughs> hours, 16 minutes, 13 totally, seconds, totally. Well, 10 milliseconds.
0: A minute ago. I don't know where it went. Yeah.
1: Um you for sure can see that with the Voyager probes which is crazy because it's 41 Wild. years <laughs> 32 they're, days they're on their way out of our solar <laughs> system.
0: They're at the um, end of
1: this series. Uh and then we're getting ready, ready I think next week as of this recording to land another probe on Mars which is not a rover just a probe. It's going to stand in one place but it's going to do things like drill deeper into the earth than we've into the earth, into the crust of Mars. More than, than the, like, the dirt. Three millimeters what that I we've drilled in I before? Earth.
0: That's wild, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I think it's going to drill <laughs> a said, whole six, six
1: inches. Up. It's going <laughs> to give a good dollars stab. to send a little
0: <laughs> RC car <laughs> to, the, to Mars, and all we can do is drill in like a, a half an inch to explore stuff. It's wild.
1: So that's Mars. So the outer planets, the best we've got are probes that we have either had swoop around it to take pictures, or you know, like readings of what they can what they can zip of the atmosphere without getting so close that they get sucked into the planet, or ones that we have deliberately crashed into it, uh, like you know, and there were headlines recently, if you pay yeah. attention about the Cassini probe, uh, pretty recently, where the end of its mission, where it was sort of like, well, we only have a tiny bit of fuel left, we're going to go and push it into a place where it's going to get sucked into the planet, and we'll just have it. Tell us what you it report can report back until, until it you disappear. Vaporizes. Who knows? Maybe there's a party
0: in there, right? Maybe they're like a bunch of big, like planet-sized monsters just <laughs> hanging out. And It's like, hey, what's this new probe doing in here? You want to? You want a planet beer? You want a beer? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not.
1: Okay, so Mars. What's what's what? So, what do we got? what's the next one past mars again i don't remember well, the acronym and i usually remember chart, the order so. of the planets and i have many pictures of planets near me to look at
0: just in case so we traveled we started we got the sun at the middle we traveled out past mercury the little guy close to the sun uh venus in between venus is kind of like Earth's sister planet similar size it's got a lot of atmospheric action it's got a lot of co2 it's really hot earth where we live people should be familiar with that one Mars comes right after that. Mars is interesting cuz it's also in the habitable zone where the Earth is. So, at some other time, maybe it had life and looked like the Earth. Also maybe we could live there. Also maybe we could live there. Yeah. Uh Elon Musk wants to live there, I think. Uh He wants to die there. He wants to die there. That's it's easier on than living entry. there probably. Not on landing. <laughs> not an impact. Easier to predict prediction. <laughs> So once you leave this inner space, the, the planets we talked about so far are much closer to each other. They're closer to the sun. They're close to each other. They're easier and quicker to get to. We have this vast space between uh, us and what people have heard, the gas giants, Jupiter, Saturn, and, and what used to be called gas giants, but now called ice giants, uh, Neptune and Uranus. They're much further out. They're wildly different planets. They're, they're huge, uh, relatively speaking size and mass and scale. And, Uh, and before we get to them though, we fly through this really interesting space called the asteroid belt, which is this kind of like a leftover space from planet formation. Nobody really knows where this stuff, why it's there. Exactly. A lot of conjecture. Is it like planets that collided and, and this is like the remnants, is it leftover from the formation of the planet? Is it just like this weird gravitational space where stuff couldn't congeal into a planet in between these little tiny rocket planets and the big ones, but.
1: Neat space. So the asteroid belt. So, so there's this weird transition period of stuff. That's like the rocks that failed to (laughs) that. The rock, the Rocky matter that didn't get close enough to one of these gas giant gravity wells to get sucked in, but got far enough away from the sun that they're just kind of hanging out there.
0: They're just hanging out. Uh, cruising around
1: there are companies that look at the asteroid belt and go "Ooh, that's made up of stuff so we could get it <laughs> there are literally asteroid mining companies trying yeah. to figure out how to go get the materials from those asteroids so we can use it yeah for stuff. i think the
0: composition of everything rocky in the in our solar system is relatively similar to earth which means it's rich in like rare earth metals and just metals in general, right? Just hunks, the, hunks of right. gold the size of the Texas. stuff that we make all. All of our expensive, <laughs> complicated, fancy stuff is made out of complicated materials, right? It's made out of rare materials. That's why it's that's why it does these cool things. Like your the computers we're looking at, right? They're made of metals and glasses and, and interesting uh, compounds that aren't common. When you start to
1: look at things in the in the sense of planetary scale. Uh, so is it possible that we could bring enough asteroid stuff on, <laughs> on into the Earth to cause the orbit of the Earth to decay? Yeah, we could we could do all kinds of like like stuff. we'll just start sinking toward the sun so fast that everyone boils up real quick. It Depends on where we bring it from, right? If we bring too
0: many cell phones, if we bring it from if we bring them outside. <laughs> you can do this experiment actually at home right now. If you're in a spinny chair, you can spin in a chair with your arms and your legs outreached, which represents the Earth and the asteroid belt combination oh i didn't
1: even think of that that the that the that the spin like the spin of the earth would change if we everything changes increase the mass so like yes if we increase the mass in the middle it would spin faster so 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 never mind our orbit (laughs) decaying so we fall into the sun but the seasons would also occur faster Oh shit! We brought too much material into the planet to build cell phones, and now, now, now your months are all <laughs> going to be ten days shorter. You have all kinds
0: of crazy <laughs> behaviors that happen as you move things around.
1: Or it would be your day that would impact the length of the day. Now it's a twenty-two hour day because we want to go the other direction. your spins faster. I don't. The day is too short right. already. I need like four more hours in the
0: day. So whatever we can do to make that happen, that should be our business model.
1: So, so if you want to get into sci-fi that deals with the asteroid belt, the I, I recommend The Expanse, well, show. which is an interesting. It's a good show. It's a good book set of series of books. I don't know. I haven't read the books. Now I, I reveal really that I shows. haven't read the books. <laughs> uh, but it deals Couple with the it. sci-fi universe where we've expanded past Mars, and so we need to like mine water off of asteroids because there's no water on Mars. So if we want to keep drinking, we need to go get ice chunks from the asteroids, and so there's miners that go and, and haul chunks of ice off the asteroids Until we get the
0: Saturn and get the beer from the party exactly
1: so <laughs> okay so so past the asteroid belt you have the gas gas giants first one is jupiter gas giants which is huge how many times bigger than earth
0: so many times is jupiter i think it's like 20 25 earths across so i don't know what that does mass hundreds of times as
1: right i was gonna say it has a it has a hurricane on it that exists so with with such regularity that we know it as the spot on jupiter and it's isn't isn't it as big as mars i think it, I the think spot our, I think or as all, big as Earth? Any of the
0: rocky planets would fit in it in it and not only like inside in of the thermal, hurricane like
1: on jupiter in the
0: depth it's just always there it's there. humongous yes yeah, as, as long as we've been observing jupiter uh with telescopes which is since I think like the 17th century uh, it has had a giant red spot and the size has been changing. I think it's actually been shrinking over time. I think it was twice as big uh, long ago when we first started looking at it, that could be measurement error too, but it uh, it's got this big, weird storm on it. That's just there. It's got lots of them too. If you look around, it's got those big, those big storms everywhere. And it actually has a rival one. I read recently that's been uh, uh, very recently. A couple of them have merged. And so there's another red spot that's forming. Uh, But I think Hurricane... What if that's the party? That's that's the other two. There's a competing party. Sentient
1: storms. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Totally reasonable thing to say. If you... uh... I mean, just who knows, man. Once you get out there, it's like everything is weird. Well, so you're already alluding to the the interesting part about the planets further out from us, or at least the planets until we get to the ice giants, which is uh, they're giant and massive, <laughs> but they're not that dense. So they're they're a ball of gas that like, you know, is pulled into itself on its own gravity well at this point. And I think you were saying that now we think there there is probably a rocky center to those. Uh, of course, we have no idea how big it is, right? But like Jupiter is so big. It, it's it's weird to think of that idea of, like, I think before we were recording, I was talking about, like, on the Earth, we think of things that are massive as also being dense. If you have a brick of lead or a brick of gold, you know, it's heavy, and it's heavy because it's, it's this dense, metallic, you know, you could melt it, but, like, otherwise, you're not getting anything through it without a chip and a hammer, and, you know, like, you can't just put your hand through it. You could, like... <laughs> On a planetary scale, you can get so much gas together <laughs> that it's big enough to have gravity such that it would suck things into it. But then, like, once things are in there, it's just kind of like, oh, now you're just in this cloud of gas. <laughs> Whoop, it pass right through it. Yeah, it, it behaves
0: these again the the conjecture about things that we can't get out and actually get into right we can't even get into the earth right the deepest hole ever drilled into planet earth is like 16 miles or something like that or 16 kilometers it's not very deep It's, it's not even through the crust of the earth right which is a very very tiny percentage of the way into the planet so what we think we know about earth we know from all kinds of weird experiments and even accidental things right um and so what we what we uh, what we assume about these bigger planets is all based on uh kind of these little micro tests we can do. So we can look at these planets and Jupiter and Saturn are are distinct. They're called gas giants because they're they're kind of thought of as uh pre-stars. Sometimes they're called failed stars. They're similar in composition to our own sun uh, and what most stars are composed of. They're primarily made of helium and hydrogen Um, hydrogen being the simplest and most common element in the universe helium being the second simplest and second most common uh and so this like real early stuff from the universe is mostly what was captured there but just because of the complexity and all the stuff going around in early early solar system we think they have all kinds of other stuff in them right like we know the atmospheres of them uh, uh have all kinds of chemicals that helps make all the colors and the interesting particles that we see in there but Overall, they kind of behave the same way Earth, right? It's real simple. If, if you picture, if you've ever seen like a glass of uh, where you, it, it's like the science experiment that, that demonstrates densities and you pour a bunch of different liquids into a gas or into, into a glass, uh, like oils and waters and stuff, and you put food coloring in them, and you can see them separate out into layers. That's kind of the same thing that's happening with our planets. It happens on Earth and it's not as obvious because the the core of the planet is this hard rocky thing. Um, and we think of it as kind of stable, even though that's far from the truth. But water and and the atmosphere do the same thing on the Earth. They just kind of fall to the center and they sit there and they like roll around like they would in a cup of oil and water. Same thing's happening on, on these outer planets. They just happen to have these really, really thick uh, atmospheres of helium and hydrogen. Um, and then they get really weird inside, right? Because they're they're so big and there's so much gravity and there's so much force and pressure and density in the middle of them that weird things start to happen so you get these weird layers you have stormy layers and atmosphere just like we do with with variations of clouds and and stuff and rain totally different chemicals and compositions and appearances but same stuff they've got atmospheres and then they have liquids and then they have solids and we don't know exactly what it is
1: but it's just this interesting layer cake of planetary material and i mean you were saying basically like the compositionally they're closer to stars than they are to planets they just didn't quite they didn't get to mass enough that the core fused that that, that, that the fusion reaction that we've talked about yeah. on both of these episodes didn't happen um is that a product yep. of it not of it not being like cold enough or dense enough or you were saying like part of the composition of the planets has to do with how far they are away from the sun. So, Mm -hmm. you know, part of that has to do with how much energy it's able to absorb from the reaction that is the sun causing all of these elements that we, you know, it's it's made up of the same stuff that we're familiar with in the, in the solar system. They just behave differently because it's colder or it's hotter or the impact of gravity is different there. So like a, a planet, the size of Jupiter couldn't exist closer because it would react differently with the star, but at the distance where it exists, like stuff is weird and, and weird, yeah, we, just totally. weird. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, the planets don't just randomly exist where they are, right? They, they, they <coughs> exist in the form that they are where they are because of other things going on in our solar system, right? And, and the main, if you're looking at our solar system as sort of the, the area of study, Uh, the main thing going on in the, in our solar system is the sun. That's why it's called the solar system. So the sun is kind of like the ruler of our solar system. It's why it was the God for so long, right? (laughs) It's the most prolific thing. It's the most, it's like 99% of the mass and the material in our solar system is the sun. Most of the energy inside of our solar system is coming from these reactions within the sun and Jupiter Uh, is kind of just another place where sun-like material was gathering, but our sun did a better job of getting it. It just happened to be that the center of where material started to congeal and come together was more on the sun than on Jupiter. So had Jupiter had the opportunity to gather, I think like 20 or 30 times its mass in in the material that it's made of, uh, it's theorized that it, it could potentially ignite into a star. Um, but it just doesn't have enough material so the gravity's not there's not enough gravity there's not enough force and pressure and it doesn't we can't overcome uh, the forces at the center of the center of its structure uh, to move into a place where uh, the nuclear
1: actions the power of the sun can happen and it's also worth mattering mentioning it's like it 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 did suck up everything it possibly could and it still <laughs> does right so so they they credit Jupiter with being essentially the reason that the earth has not been hit by an asteroid in a really long time because its gravity causes things that swing into the like early on in our discussion of the solar system we talked about the sort of idea that all these planets are circling the drain essentially like they're all going around this you know sun but imagine having the one of them that's big enough and like that that it it's it's it has its own effect like if something else wants to come into that funnel it's big enough that it goes nope, hoop, and sucks them <laughs> up instead, right? The, the so, big protector. So it's pulling on the asteroid belt and keeping them from collapsing into where they hit us, and then it's also catching things that might come from the outside. Not as much anymore, but in the early genesis of the, of the, I shouldn't say genesis. I feel like that has religious connotations. But yeah, you know, the early <laughs> formation of it's the. Early formation of the solar system; it was catching stuff that otherwise would have possibly hit Earth and just exploded it into pieces.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's often credited, I believe, with uh, kind of cleaning up
1: cleaning up crime in the solar system. So we got to give props to Jupiter for that. Thanks, Jupiter. But past that, I think we should move on, or else we're not going to get to the <laughs> other ones by the end of this. Totally, by the end of this episode. So past that, we got. I want to I want to hit Saturn, and then we'll talk about moons. Since Jupiter and Saturn both have moons. So many moons. So many moons. Okay, so before we do moons, Saturn. Saturn's got rings. That's what I got on Saturn. <laughs> and that sums cool. it up Moving right on. there,
0: folks. Uh,
1: <laughs> what are the what are the what are the rings made of? Because that's a weird one. So Saturn composition
0: I think is very similar to Jupiter. Uh I think all of these planets technically have rings around them Saturn, see, Saturn just yeah. happens to have fantastic like rings here. which which I suspect I didn't read about this but I suspect it's probably just because something collided a long time ago or it hasn't finished cleaning up or you know it's just got this beautiful array and they it's it's often said they're icy rings so it's it's material that's uh that's just chilling out there you know hanging out orbiting it's like moons it's like billions of little moons floating around little particles i think most of it's dust uh so you can think of it as small but within it are lots of little moons uh little being a relative term little compared to saturn um but what's fun here is you start to see the uh this this uh this feature of nature this feature of the universe where patterns repeat themselves and so saturn just has a very rich solar system around itself, but it's a Saturn system, right? It's got its own disc of material that's like the asteroid belt and it's got its own little planets that are its moons and some of its moons have rings around them, right? So this, this, this idea of orbiting, uh, kind of at every level we look at in the universe just continues to exist and propagate. Uh, but, uh, Saturn's famous, you're right, because of its rings, right? Even from earth with a very, very early telescope, uh, you can look up at Saturn and see its rings. And it's, I remember I'll, I'll never forget the first time I did that. Uh, it was absolutely mind blowing because it is so distinctly different from the other planets, which are essentially just dots. <laughs> I mean, you can see the moon and you can see features on it really well with a telescope. And then the other planets are so far other than just subtle color differences. They just look like little colored circles. And Saturn has this very distinct ring pattern to it. And you can see these things around the planet and it, it's, it's, it's incredible it's absolutely beautiful um and so other than that saturn i mean it's a very distinct it's its own special planet but <laughs> for the most right. part it's yeah, categorized it, we kind of kinda, we know All the things, things we know about, about it for a lot
1: of the same sort of reasons the what's going on with saturn that's interesting is for whatever reason you know it it has a different uh because it's further from the earth because it's getting you know there's less energy because of things about its composition maybe we don't understand it has uh instead it's it 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 sucks stuff in but like not enough that it disappears into it instead it's like hey uh hang out you know you just stick around here but just hang around outside and you can still be this big <laughs> big old chunk of like the size of the moon right there's a there's a line to get yeah. into the party so, you That's know, so, so it's like this kind of filthy ring system. around the outside, just <laughs> of dirt, just hanging out, trying to get in there also. And then you have your you distinct, like, posses, just kind of like, yo, hey, well, here's a group waiting to get in. Uh, But <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's some really cool pictures. Uh, we'll post them in the episode notes. There's some these pictures where people have uh, rendered Saturn's rings as though they're around Earth and what they would look like if you were on Earth. And they're really neat because you get this interesting perspective of it starts to really differentiate our, our latitudes on the planet. Where you are, the rings look differently. Whereas if you're if you're like right at the equator or right at the, the disk where the rings exist, they just look like a line through the sky. but then as you move along the planet north and south, you can see onto them. And so all of a sudden you can like see the shadow of the planet on them during certain parts of the day. And you can see this circular thing that's wrapping the planet. It's really neat looking. I'm going to add some of those. And so those, the,
1: I mean, and so huh. the composition of those rings and the composition of the moons get weird in their own right. Um, Like back to Jupiter, I think the, uh, europa is a moon of jupiter that's like all water so when they talk about could we land on there the conversations are like well if we crack through the shell of ice uh we think it's just all ocean under there and honestly it's then considered one of the most likely places there might actually be life
0: yeah, there's a lot of wild stuff that happens on the moons. Uh, as we as we learn more about our solar system, I think the moons of those two giant planets have become more interesting than those planets to us. Uh, and there, there are boatloads of them. And, and moon has a particular classification. It has to be a certain size relative to the planet or something. But both of those, Jupiter and Saturn, have uh, 50, 60, 70 moons. Uh, and, and some of them are huge, right? They're not considered planets in our solar system because they orbit something that's other than the sun, but they both have moons that are larger than Mercury. So they have moons like our moon uh, that orbit their planet, but that their moon is bigger than some of our sun's planets, which is, is crazy. Uh, and, and like you said, some of them have very interesting properties. There are a number of them where we think they have liquid water-based oceans, Uh, not floating on the top. I don't think we know of any where there's like a liquid water exposed surface, but there are a bunch that based on on what we've seen and what we've in flybys and pictures and measuring gravitational forces and electromechanical forces, uh, we have predicted that there might be liquid oceans of liquid water which could mean all kinds of interesting things, right? There could be kelp there, there could be whales there, they could, there could be dolphins hanging out. There could be a who knows layer what that party
1: looks like. where they essentially <laughs> have what if you're living in an all aquatic atmosphere would feel like uh, a storm except it would be ice because it needs to be like the way that water is more dense than air so it falls toward the center and and gets us wet. Like Whoever lives on Europa might be like, "Oh man, it's raining." I hate it when I start getting hit by ice chunks and <laughs> ice chunks going up, ice chunks yeah. going up, right? Totally. Um, there could be all kinds of weird. And then stuff I think on. on a previous episode we talked about a time that they uh, that they had some kind of science to back up the idea that there might be a, like a like a, a moon <laughs> that is entirely made of Mercury. Um. So liquid metal, so liquid metal planet essentially. Oh, there's tons of liquid metal in the solar system for sure.
0: There's liquid metal in our in Earth. Well, right, the core iron, the core what of iron makes our magnetic is field essentially. Your liquid metal. There's all kinds of weird weather patterns on these planets because the chemical composition is just just different. We think of rain like a rainy oxygen and nitrogen based atmosphere as normal, but that wasn't even normal on Earth for its whole whole lifetime. So. As you go out to the other planets just things happen right you get this rain is nothing more than a chemical transition of an element at a at a point where the temperature of the planet just happens to see that conversion uh on a common a common time frame so you see rain sometimes but on these other planets you got totally different stuff there there were there was news articles that flew
1: flew around the internet for a while about that's what it was I think that's what we were somewhere. talking I, about i forget it's funny because, i was reading
0: about that earlier i mean
1: immediately then you kind of have yeah. to have a conversation about the notion of like human value of these things and how it's just tied to scarcity like yeah diamond has <laughs> certain chemical properties that right. make it valuable to us but also it's just scarce uh unless your whole planet is made of it so the people right. that live on the diamond planet are just like yeah and only it's just dirt yo we need water man we need a cup of water. <laughs> That's our like, I, I, you you got that ice that ring made of ice water that right. we use to per, memorialize they our marriage. A, a mug of water a mug to of their water. significant other.
0: Whereas we give clear rocks. <laughs> they're like, What well, are giving that stupid rock? We got tons we just, of that. We just that dirt. We just
1: have that <laughs> dirt. Uh yeah, so you know, so we're into that territory of stuff getting weird. and, and I feel like it just Kind of continues as you get further, especially when you kind of cross over that, that thing that's fairly new of referring to the next planets as ice giants.
0: The ice giants. So, like,
1: talk about that one. Because we used to, so based on what we had before that, which was, you know, we swung by and we took some pictures, like what we grew up with was the idea that, well, then you have these Uranus and Neptune, which, of course, at that age, Uranus, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, As you get further out, I I think the conception we were taught when we were younger was that you're back to like dirt, you're back to rocks. Uh, And I guess it turns out that's not really the case.
0: They, uh, it wasn't, I mean, this science is relatively quickly developing, right? uh, The Wikipedia article specifically says in the 90s, we started to realize that these were a distinct class of gas giant um, or of, of giant planet. So, they've been re termed ice giants. Um, but you got to remember, science is always in flux, right? So, that's, that's the whole point of science. Um, and so, these, these terms change, and what we understand changes, and specifically the planets. I mean, until relatively recently, uh, I don't know who was paying attention when we, we had a probe fly around Pluto. Uh, at a at a very close distance. But before that, just a few years ago, our best picture of Pluto was it was blurry nonsense, you could barely see anything. Um, so the science on the on in these areas, uh, especially as you go out further into the solar system, we've just been able to do very little experimenting, we've had very few up close pictures. Uh, but these two planets, uh, Uranus and Neptune, which I think are some of the prettiest planets because they, they're like my favorite colors. <laughs> they're like deep blue and kind of this like aquamar- aquamarine color. Uh, they have some similar structure. You can still think of them as sort of potentially a rocky core in the middle of rocky and rocks and metals and, uh, and then gases on the outside. But they also, because of their place in the universe, they're or in, the, in our solar system, they're so far away from the sun that they get just much much less heat much less energy from the sun and so they were able to capture a lot of materials that weren't really captured in great quantity by planets that were closer to the sun so they're called ice giants because they have these solidified materials out there uh not necessarily ice in the terms of just water uh but although yes water uh, but other materials that have solidified and so they have they still have a lot of gas they still have a lot of hydrogen helium but they also have a lot of other materials um, that make
1: them up, which... Uh... Well, it's frozen stuff, right? So, like, uh, again, we're into that territory of it, it gets weird out there because you have things where you're like, well, uh, we can we can replicate these behaviors on the planet by making it cold enough that the thing that's, like, usually a gas... In our, you can have liquid oxygen, right? Mm-hmm. You just have to get it cold enough and keep it cold enough. Yep. Same thing out there. So they have these... They're ice giants. It doesn't mean they are made up of a different like like uh chemical or element they're made up of different elements than the gas giants they're just far enough away that that shit's ice instead of gas i mean is that what you're saying in terms of yeah yeah
0: totally totally it's all it, it's all comes down to chemistry and physics right it's it's materials uh being formed based on temperatures and pressures and and energy that's in the materials how much are they moving how much have they condensed how dense is it how much of it there is um and and you're totally right that for the most part uh a lot of what we believe exists in these planets we can create on earth right modern science has allowed us to uh approach what's called absolute zero which is kind of the it's this philosophical stopping of of existence it's it's the coldest we can get anything in the universe it's removing all energy and all motion from material and um i I don't know if theoretically it's even really possible to get to that point but we can get things very very cold uh just like we can get things very very hot although hot is a different story because it seems to go forever but these uh these weird materials we can reproduce most of them on earth um, but there is stuff we can't reproduce here. I don't think we can reproduce metallic hydrogen, <clears throat> which is what we suspect is, is deep down in the core of these huge planets. Uh, it's, a, it's a temperature and a pressure that we can't make. We can't push that material. We can't condense it and control it in a way that creates that. So... Uh, not positive about that but I don't think we can produce that so there are things that that we can't uh, we can't make yet that we're just theorizing about based on everything else
1: that we've tested and seen what's the distinction there that makes it like metallic like the idea there is it's so cold the pressure is so great that it's hydrogen but it's behaving in a way that we have never been able to create like well, uh, even with as cold as we can get things. Yeah. So but what's what's the distinction where you go, oh, that just turned metallic. Right.
0: The, uh, <sighs> the cold component is really just at the surface of these planets, everything out there in the center. Things are just hot in our planets because there's so much weight pressing down on things. But yeah, metallic is... Uh, I, I didn't know this actually, and I was looking this up because I see this all the time. Metallic uh, hydrogen, metallic helium, I think too, in these planets. Uh, it's just the definition of metal uh that definition that they're using is just that it conducts electricity at absolute zero. So there's actually a lot of stuff on earth that you wouldn't think of as metal uh that by that definition is a metal. Um and so we know metals on earth uh one of their primary characteristics is that they conduct electricity, right? We make wires out of copper and uh and other metals we know conduct electricity and so these planets have taken these things that on earth we would think of as gases or maybe not even really think of, right? Uh, but Uh, helium great example think of it in in a balloon right hydrogen used to be used in uh in hot in uh, dirigibles until we had some some really bad disasters because it's so flammable it reacts with oxygen but uh those gases there's so much of it and there's so much pressure that they've been compressed uh and they change state just like water changing to ice uh or or a molten metal solidifying and becoming a, a sword uh, a sword. That's where I go with molten metal. For it to be a
1: metal, does it have to be solid and conduct electricity? Because I mean, uh, water conducts electricity.
0: Pure water does not conduct electricity. Is the no. differentiation oh, there? Interesting. Um, so, water with stuff in it conducts electricity. I think. I, I'm not sure. It's a good question. I don't. I don't necessarily. I don't think these these planets are not like a solid chunk of metal. Uh, so, metallic hydrogen. Uh, is responsible for weird things up there, right? Because if it conducts electricity, then all of a sudden it starts interacting with electro uh, electromagnetic fields, um, and it starts creating other forces in the planets, and all the magic of the universe starts happening because different because of phase changes and material changes and temperatures and pressures, and
1: it's all very neat. So those are gas giants, there, are or gas giants, ice giants, the ice giants, which are. I mean, that's an interesting perspective shift on what's out there. Because then you think, okay, well, what's the party like on those ones? Well, if they're just ice, all the science we got says, "Eh, not much going on there. (laughs) Too cold. Too cold.
0: Who knows what's going on on any of these, right? There could be creatures. We don't know. Different creatures.
1: And finally, we get to Pluto, which is, (laughs) in, in the last decade a contentious member of the solar system. <laughs> <laughs> poor uh, Pluto. Poor Pluto. Yeah, Pluto takes us
0: into uh, kind of the uh, the outskirts.
1: Is it a planet or an exoplanet? Tracks. Right. Like now we're in this a... weird territory. If there is stuff out there, it just they don't show it on the Lots diagrams that they Lots they give you in
0: school. Well, we can't see most of it either right? We can, we can only see planets because they reflect light from our star. Planets don't give off enough energy to illuminate themselves, uh, very well, at least certainly not an invisible spectrum that we can see. So we can't see Pluto with the naked eye because it doesn't reflect enough sunlight. Not only is there not enough sunlight getting out there, but it's just so far away. So Pluto is out, uh, trying to think what the, uh, what that area is called basically the asteroid belt that we talked about earlier kind of occurs again out past, uh, these four big planets that we just talked about. And as far as we know, there are, there could be thousands, tens of thousands, millions, even, uh, of, of dwarf planets like Pluto. We know of, uh, dozens of them. I think, uh, they're, they're huge, rocky planets that exist out there. And we just don't really know what's going on. We've never sent things out to them, uh, there's probably not much happening, right? Because stuff tends to happen where there's energy. Uh, and without energy from the sun, they can only be producing energy from inside the planet. But it's so far from the sun, it's probably cold. They've probably used up their energy. It's been just drifted off into space. So they might just be big rocks floating out there. Uh, they probably have interesting stuff in them. But as far as we know, we don't really know anything. So And so when we were growing up,
1: Pluto was a planet. Now Pluto there. is a big rock big floating big out big there. Rock. Like what what sorry Pluto. What changed in our distinction or our awareness of what was going on with Pluto that made the scientific community <laughs> go uh, I don't know if it's fair to call that a planet anymore.
0: It's funny cuz scientists the joke of like the the like absent-minded professor who is so uh, engaged in their academic pursuit that they like lack emotion and human response to things. And <laughs> that's all that happened, right? The, the people are, people are absolutely uh, enamored with the planets, right? We hang, uh, mo- mobiles, mobiles. What do you call the little thing that dangles over like a baby? Is that a mobile?
1: I mean, you mobile. said the right thing. I just don't know anyway. how to pronounce it to the point that <laughs> we I'm not ha- going
0: to try. People love planets. Mobile? We teach kids about planets very early Mobile-A. and hang them over their cribs. And so as humans, uh, for our entire existence right we've been able to see some of them and they've been this thing in the sky that behaves differently than almost every other thing in the sky right these these uh i think five planets that you can see with the naked eye and so they have amazing mysticism around them uh and then so for us as just regular people the idea of a planet being reclassified as something else is, is like heartbreaking,
1: right? People are upset about it, but I memorized the whole rhyme about the, (laughs) about the, where the, what's the P go? Yeah. What the hell? You just took away the please. Now it's not so polite.
0: I had to (laughs) memorize all these planets, but I think the the, what happened with Pluto is it just isn't big enough. We decided that, as we, as we started to find more things, we realized eh, there are a bunch of things like Pluto and it's kind of small and it's
1: kind of simple. So we're just going to call it something else. It didn't change. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I feel like it comes down to an interesting aspect of all of this, which is it's just human exploration. Like because we stop calling Pluto a planet doesn't mean the universe changes at all. So if you want to feel like Pluto is a planet, like Go for it. It's not going to change anything in your life. (laughs) But if you want to think of Pluto as a planet, you've got to realize there's a
0: lot of other really neat stuff going on. And uh, there is a... A planetary body called Ceres, Ceres, I don't know how you pronounce it, C-E-R-E-S, that exists in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter, that it consists of most of the matter that's in the asteroid belt is actually that planetary body, and it's big enough that it is round, its it has enough mass that it's condensed itself into a round body, and we don't really think of it, but it orbits Ceres? there, Ceres, just like a planet, know. and right. it's, it's huge, it's humongous, it's the size of a moon. Uh, but it's not big enough to be a planet. It doesn't have an atmosphere, so it it's boring and people don't talk about it. But we've sent ships there to check it out. Uh, we know it's there. It's within our planets. Uh, so there's all kinds
1: of stuff out there to be discovered. It's uh, it's really crazy. I don't know where to go other than that. I mean, I feel like we we we've done the whole solar system. Are we finished? <laughs> Are we finished with planets. I mean, we got to the one that's debatably a planet or not.
0: We've gone. We've gone from the start to the finish. Well, if the if the series is solar systems, which one of the episodes is labeled is solar system, then we've done it. We've we've succeeded. Right. We finished the planets, solar system, which the other if one it's... is labeled. Then we've got one more episode. One more
1: episode. We've got we've got extra solar planets. We've got oh yeah, extra solar. solar planets. Okay, so we could talk about what we know about planets that aren't in our solar system. <laughs> if it's on space, then it, you know. Oh boy. If we're gonna keep going linearly, it gets real boring for a minute because there's just nothing <laughs> till we get to the next galaxy. <laughs> we can do an episode on nothing. That'd be a great topic. Well, it just gets real metaphysical. Yeah, because like, what do we know? That, what are you gonna do? We've been from the from the from the Earth.
0: What are you going to do that whole time, too, while you're traveling? You have all these interesting planets, and then you're just sitting in, in
1: darkness between What's them. What's the per- name of that paradox where like we've basically figured out that even if we could go the speed of light, we couldn't get to the next closest galaxy because it appears to be traveling away from us oh. at faster than the speed of light?
0: I don't know what that's called. That's true. There's a lot of stuff that is—that's like the end of the observable observable universe, right? We don't really know. It doesn't seem like it ends. We just can't see it anymore because it's, it's gone. It's out of our ability to ever see it. It's moved away. So if there's
1: a moral in this one, it's, uh, shit gets weird. It's (laughs) weird out there, but don't be scared. We should just explore it more. Listen to our episodes about the scientific method and use that to explore. I think it's also interesting talking about the planets
0: in the way we've kind of followed this exploration from, from the center of the solar system out. Um, and more so from the earth out is, uh, it demonstrates really well how science at works and kind of how our knowledge works right it, it just very simply as you get further from earth we we know less right we haven't been able to go there just like a person in their hometown knows less about the towns that are further away right i've been there less frequently I've, I've experienced it less and so it's not that we can't do tests and experiments and and assume things about planets and then and then see if they're right by testing them in laboratories here and even now sending satellites out but it's just so interesting that we we just this understanding there you can you can almost visualize a level of understanding as you travel out into the solar system and just we have less of it so
1: well and i feel like this comes back to a moral for again from our scientific method episodes which is sometimes you find out pluto's not a planet (laughs) (laughs) like right and then you got to go oh man i guess pluto's not a planet oh well bill and it's and it's weird because it ties into our early episodes where we talk about like curiosity and exploration and education the part of the weird part of the scientific method piece is you got to teach everybody everything and so then you get these people that because they were taught it at a young age and were and it's and it and it you know it's excited their curiosity at the time are attached to the idea that pluto's a planet and then when science is like well we got a better look at it and it turns out it's not they're betrayed on this weird religious (laughs) level that's not about the science it's about it's about the feeling it causes for them for pluto to not be a planet anyway i feel like that's a good <laughs> that's a good pitch for our, our scientific method episodes we should we'll 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 put the lead to one of, to those in our uh, those are dense enjoy the planet episodes those. and then if you really want to get dense yeah if you want to get more those. dense in the weeds in the science weeds the philosophical science weeds for sure But thanks for hanging out for this one. This has been fun. Thanks for traveling with us. If you want to support what we're doing here, check out support.zengineeringpodcast.com or follow the link in the description. And thank you to those of you that do so already. Uh, This is Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Take it easy, everybody. Really picked the rate and review harder but I still just have never found a good way to put that in there because it's like where I don't know everyone listens on a different thing
0: yeah at this point what does it matter